Do you like podcasts where things are discussed? Good. Because you're here for one of those. Unfriend Me has a Patreon now, and you can go to it by heading on over to patreon.com slash unfriend me. Do it today. Oh, yeah! These kids can die in a war or vote for Michael Dukakis but can't have a beer? Come on, doofus! I need to ask later why Michael Dukakis. Oh, yeah? Well, if you think increasing drunk driving incidents and young adult alcoholism, then you're an animal who never thinks of the kids. Oh, yeah? Well, if you don't think the drinking age should be lower to 18 than Welcome to Unfriend Me, everybody. Uh, Scott Johnson here with Justin R. Young. Why, why Michael Dukakis? Can I get that out of the way? What's the deal there? I just was trying to think of the funniest name I could say. <laughs> it's a good and one. I don't think that there's really, like, any of the ones that are recent, uh, you know, it just kind of comes with baggage. Like, not everybody can laugh at it. But I think at this point, everybody can laugh at Michael Dukakis. Yeah. Because it has, it has the, the, that, that hard... Uh, <laughs> C's and K's. In the yeah, middle. it's it spans generations as far as I'm concerned, and I think it's a good call. But I was I was impressed with the pick. And for you <laughs> kids at home, if you don't know what we're talking about, ask your parents, maybe your uncle, possibly grandpa, who Michael Dukakis was. I'll tell you who we are. We are unfriend me, tackling the big social topics so that you don't have to. But you can join in and talk to us about them uh, as well. We'll get to all that in a minute. Uh, Justin, what do we what do we do to get can kick things off this week? What are we talking about today? Well, uh, as we screamed at the beginning, we are talking about dropping or the, the minimum age to buy and consume alcohol legally, which is 21 years old here in the good old U.S. of A. We're going to look at drinking laws in general, uh, specifically like the law of how young you can be to drink it. Uh, we're going to touch a little bit about uh, what happens outside the U.S., but specifically we are going to look at the minimum drinking age of America, what it's been how much it's changed, and why it is the way it is, as well as a few pros and cons. But before we do that, everybody who emailed in to unfriendmeshow at gmail.com about our episode last week about the death penalty, these are some of the best. Andrew from Oregon wrote in, assuming that we do occasionally want to execute criminals for their crimes, the method by which we do so is, is an important factor to consider. As you guys touched on, the Eighth Amendment to the Constitution states that cruel and unusual punishment shall not be inflicted. To me, this extends to the method by which we execute a person. From what I can tell, many of the methods we use to execute a person do cause delay and pain during the process of dying. One method of death that is totally quick and painless is nitrogen asphyxiation. The human body cannot tell it is not receiving oxygen, only that there's a buildup of carbon dioxide. It can make somebody breathe pure nitrogen. The body does not have a panic or pain response, and the person breathing the nitrogen will quickly pass out and eventually die from lack of oxygen. Nitrogen is cheap and pretty much a foolproof way to execute somebody. Well, why aren't they already using that then, I wonder? Because that seems, I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm not getting the whole story takes, here. <laughs> I think it takes a long time. Mm. If I were to take a guess that electrocution and lethal injection is something where you can you pretty quick get a doctor in there to put his fingers on the pulse and, and find out whether or not somebody's dead or not. I don't think that uh, uh, asphyxiation is necessarily that quick. 
Mm. So if I were to take a guess, I do not know, but but if I were to take a guess, that's what I would guess. That sounds right. Nick wrote in, says, thank you for your discussion on capital punishment this week. I would like to politely comment on a caller's reference to Christ's death, more to give my Catholic Christian point of view to the community than to convince anyone else uh, the same way or to think the same way. In brief, Jesus freely gave himself as a sacrifice, actually the new sacrifice, as the culmination and fulfillment of the Passover meal. He of infinite power and wisdom was falsely accused and crucified as a heretic. Uh, That is to say, he accepted Pilate's authority over him, uh, Jesus as a man, because the one who uh, put Pilate in his post, Christ as God the Father, willed it, and Jesus accepted God's will. God chose uh, to use the ways of time for the sake of humankind, even uh, even those that accused him to be a heretic were saved. Man, getting some real cataclysm uh, canon talk here from Father uh, Father Nick. Thanks, yeah, thanks man. <laughs> uh, Eric wrote, I just finished listening to your death penalty episode, and it seemed that it was lacking in the in favor side. So I am in favor of the death penalty. The only argument against it that holds any water to me is that an, in- an-, an innocent person must be put uh, might be put to death, which nobody wants. But I don't think that it means that you do away with it as an option. The death penalty should be rare, but it should be available. If there's a video and there's no doubt about guilt, no reason to wait. Take the guy straight from the courtroom to the executioner. Sure. That's more of a uh, due process question <laughs> than it necessarily is a death penalty question. Uh, uh, I would I would still argue for the fact that that person deserves uh, uh, appeals should they want to to appeal it uh we we want to make sure that the burden of proof is on the state and is on the side of lawyers that are trying to prove stuff look this is an unpleasant but in my mind necessary way that we keep the authority above us in check i agree i agree also i would say that he is pro death penalty with caveats and that's not exactly the same as being pro-death penalty as currently constituted. So, yeah, dude, if we had 100% assurity on every single capital punishment case of guilt or innocence, then I maybe swing a little more your direction. Um, as you noticed Look, last if we, episode. If we, if we could hack the code of reality and see in the source code for sure whether somebody did something or not, then, then yeah. Unfortunately, until we are able to uh, affect our matrix. Uh, I, I don't think that that's the case. Big caveats. Chris wrote in says, I think you missed an important thing about capital punishment. It doesn't look like capital punishment is a disincentive to murder, but is definitely a dis- uh, disincentive for defending yourself at a trial. Imagine you are totally innocent and the DA has a, DA has a weak case. Uh, it will, or sorry, it still might be co- uh, correct to take a two year lesser charge than risk being put in front of a jury and possibly executed. I think plea bargaining is actually a pretty big problem with modern justice. People might have, excuse me, may have a right to trial by jury of their peers, but it's almost never a good choice to have that trial. So why even bother? Mm. Why indeed? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I think all these cases take a, a higher burden of proof. So you might be willing to go into a trial where the death penalty is a thing, knowing that there's a higher likelihood that you'll get off if the prosecutor pushes for it yep uh but then again man that's uh, i mean i guess uh, these kind of tricky wickets are the reason why we do the podcast yep. so thank you so much for emailing in chris and finally adam writes uh after giving larry nasser 
a gymnastics physician who was found guilty of molesting at least 160 girls. His prison sentence was the max of 175 years. The judge stated that she had signed his death warrant. She had effectively removed Larry from society, found him unfit to be part of the general populace, and barred him from rejoining. Do either of you consider a life in prison a form of death in the philosophical sense? If so, should life in prison sentence be considered the same as a death penalty? Well, I mean, it's kind of how you paint it, but we're, I mean, we're all dying, okay? Uh, one day at a time. We're all, you know, there's one last day, I'm, last day I'm gonna have in my entire lifetime today. Tomorrow will be the same. And there'll be two days then that I won't ever get back. So we're all kind of living that death sentence. The question is, is it quote unquote cruel and unusual to live out that time in a place of isolation and or in a population of, you know, other violent uh, criminals or uh, deprivation of other freedoms? Like, is that is that cruel and unusual? Because the truth is, we're all I mean, that guy has no different of a death sentence than we do. He's just spending his time in a different place than we are. Yeah, I mean, you are restricting his freedom. So you are effectively changing his life. But I, I agree with Scott. I, I don't think it's the same as the state being able to say, and now you're dead. Boom, <laughs> shakalaka. Which is how I imagine every death penalty being put forward. Uh, uh, unfriendmeshow at gmail.com is where you want to email in. If uh, you're listening to this or any show, you got old topics that you want to email in about. Just do me a favor. All right, because we've gotten a lot of these. Now we have been around long enough. The show is popular enough. We're getting a lot of people binge listening to the shows. Mm -hmm. And so they just write in and they give their hot takes in one email about 50 different episodes. I can't do nothing with that. So just do me a favor. If you got 50 hot takes, send 50 emails so at least we can sort them by title. Just yeah. make sure you put the title in the subject. Chances are you're going to do small paragraphs about each one anyway. So just break those up in individual emails. And those will those have way better chance of getting into the mix than... If you send us a, a diatribe about the entire season that we've done so far. Yeah, it's just because we we are compiling these for other patron uh, uh, episodes where we go back into the emails and answer stuff that we didn't get to talk about. Because for the record, what used to be like our biggest emailed episodes are now de rigueur. Mm -hmm. You guys are emailing in at insane uh, uh, clips. So we are definitely going back to do it. Just remember to keep them short and one topic per email. Yeah. Also. If you don't keep them short, we edit them down, and I'm going to willfully misinterpret what you have to say to make it mean the opposite of your point. So write short emails. Yep, and don't forget, if you'd like to learn more about how patrons will get more of that content because they're patrons, you can check that out over at patreon.com slash unfriendme. All right, let's get to the topic at hand, drinking age. Now, this is a fortuitous moment because I have a daughter who is 20 turning 21 in about two weeks. Uh, that is a, uh, a, a demarcation date for most Americans as the time you can legally drink, whether you decide to or not is certainly up to you. No one is making you drink or making you not drink, but it is then legal for you at age 21 to do so. So, uh, it's definitely been on our minds here just because this feels like a big deal. It's also a big deal for, um, being able to get car rental insurance, uh, in some States, uh, it's also a big deal for, uh, insurance rates going up or down for some people, depending on their record from 16 to 21. Like there's a lot of stuff at 21 for some reason. One of them is drinking and we're going to talk about that today. Indeed, Scott, the definition of 
the drinking age is the legal drinking age is the age at which a person can legally consume and purchase alcoholic beverages. These laws can uh, cover a wide variety of issues and behaviors addressing when and where alcohol can be consumed. The minimum age alcohol can be legally consumed can be different from the age when it is purchased in some countries. The law, these laws vary among different countries and many laws have exemptions or special circumstances. Most laws apply only to drinking alcohol in public places with alcohol consumption in the home being mostly unregulated, an exception being the UK, which has a minimum legal age of five for supervised consumption in private places. Some countries also have different age limits for different types of alcoholic drinks. And uh, Islamic nations prohibit Muslims or both Muslims and non-Muslims from drinking alcohol at any age. In other countries, it is not legal for minors to drink alcohol, but the alcohol can be seized. Sorry, it is legal uh, for minors to drink alcohol, but the alcohol can be seized without compensation. Uh, in some cases, it is illegal to sell or give alcohol to minors. So it's not illegal to drink it. It's illegal to sell it. Sure. I'm noticing, by the way, Africa is the only continent that I can tell according to the data I have, where there is a drinking age limit lower than 16. You can be 15 in a particular nation. Uh, I'm trying to find the name of the nation. Look anyway. it up. Look it up. Let's see where Let's see where every uh, middle school spring break's going. <laughs> no kidding. But on, on average, uh, there, are, there are places in this world where the minimum age is 25. There are places where it's illegal regardless of age. Uh, yep. those, those in uh, often really hardcore Muslim countries, some of those observe that. Uh, the age of 21 is very common, and in fact, the entirety of the United States, um, all 50 states, enjoy that particular limit. And then they kind of go down from there, but it's in that uh, 18 to 25 range that you're pretty much going to find most of the world. Uh, if you're looking at the most popular of the populace of the planet, it's 18. 18 yeah. is almost everywhere. Uh, in Asia, certainly Russia, most of Eastern Europe, uh, chunks of Africa, almost all of South Africa is, uh, or South America rather, and Central America are all enjoying the 18 uh, year age limit. Uh, but up here in the States, 21, damn it. Well, it wasn't always like that, Scott. Uh, join me, will you, as we go back in time to find out where that drinking age has gone. Shortly after the ratification, of the 21st Amendment in December, most uh, that is 1933, I believe, most states set their purchase age to 21 since that was the voting age at the time. Most of these limits remained constant until the early 1970s. From 1969 to 1976, some 30 states lowered their purchase ages generally to 18. This was primarily because the voting age was lowered from 21 to 18 in 1971 with the 26th Amendment. A lot of states uh, started to lower their minimum drinking age in response, most of it occurring in 1972 and 1973. 12 states kept their purchase ages to 21 since the repeal of Prohibition and has never changed them. From 1976 to 1983, several states voluntarily raised their purchase ages to 19 or less commonly 20 or 21, in part to combat drunk driving fatalities uh, in 1984, Congress passed the National Minimum Drinking Age Act, which required states to raise their ages for purchase and public processing to 21 by October 1986 or lose 10 percent 
of their federal highway funds. <laughs> By mid-1988, all 50 states and the District of Columbia had raised their purchase ages to 21, but not Puerto Rico, Guam, and the Virgin Islands, South Dakota, and Wyoming were the last two states to comply with the 21 mandate. They were all like, yo, F you, we'll take care of our own roads. We're getting drunk at 18. It's like, man, do you know how boring this state is? <laughs> like, let the kids be free. <laughs> it's Wyoming, for heaven's sakes. It's Wyoming. There's nothing what to do. What are we do? doing here? <laughs> Just let them have a beer. What even they gonna they are not even drunk driving. They're gonna run off into a field and just keep going. They won't even hit anything. Well, you're in your in your um I mean, people don't really know where you or I stand quite yet. I'm I'm excited to get to that, but in your in a little introduction today, you yeah. took the position of look, if you're old enough to vote, you should be old enough to drink. Like voting has a big huge uh impact on lots of people, not just you. So why what's the problem with drinking? Um there are probably still a bunch of people who wonder that or think that. Um, some of the chat are going, I'd be cool with 19 says strict rich. And, uh, others are saying, well, what's the difference? Why can't we, you know, 18 should be the thing for all adulthood. If we can be tried as an adult, why can't we drink as an adult? Well, I guess. And that, that was the philosophical idea that, they, that we were going to make sure that we kept one age at which point you kind of, we, we activated your adulthood. All right. You officially kind of, this was, was, uh, America's bar and bat mitzvah for its children. <laughs> Was that uh, 18, congratulations, now you can do all these things. You can uh, enlist in the military, you can uh, vote, and now you can drink. So we're going to relax vice laws that we have specifically to protect children. Mm. The interesting, the other interesting part that I found about the history of this law is that uh, drunk driving has has been a tremendous motivator for political change in America and and. Obviously, Mothers Against Drunk Driving has been a, a tremendous force uh, throughout our, our country's history in recent times. But just the idea that with the advent of technology, the idea that we are more irresponsibly using it or that, that youth plus alcohol equals we got to change massive rules is, is is very, very interesting to me. It shows you how much of our history does turn not because, you know, I guess. We have we have a a a, a thing I, I think in terms of how we understand history that now we look at we look at the present as very frivolous mm -hmm. like ah just the kids eating Tide Pods like ah that, like <laughs> but in in the past you know it's not just a bunch of powdered wig people making wise decisions like things are changed by panics of the day by yeah. by things that people are caring about tremendously in one moment. The, the consequences can reverberate for decades. Yeah, and sometimes it's not, um, sometimes it's more the reactions of the day, the reactionary things that happen because if some weird case happens, oh, freak out, pass laws, do what you got to do, which I'm not saying is even necessarily a bad thing, but if all you do is reactionary, you're probably not getting the full picture. I wish some of this stuff was more based on knowledge that we've gained, and some of it is, but like, you know, the more we know about, uh, childhood brain development when that begins when when it technically ends and right now the science points to late 20s when you finally start finishing up your uh, neural pathways and kind of locking in to what you're going to be at least at least from a physiological brain standpoint moving forward it'd be nice if we if we base some of these thoughts and thinking on that sort of thing that makes it sound like i'm saying well maybe then the age would go higher and maybe it would i don't know but 
I'm, I'm kind of about addressing these things over time and not looking at them purely through a social lens or a generational yeah. lens, but looking at it through what do we really know? Did we invest in some actual science and study to figure out how these brains are working at 18, 21? Does it really even make a difference if it's 21? If it was 28, would it be the same? If it was 18, would it be the same? And if it's going to be the same, then what's the difference? Do we want to try to limit how long they're in that state of unfinished brainness? And also no size, no one size fits all. So there's just all this other complicated stuff about creating a blanket system that, that works for most everyone. Like it's, it's complicated, uh, but, but interesting. So again, to your point about reactions, I just, I'm fine with us basing things on reaction because sometimes that's valuable. I wish we had a longer form approach though. Well, I'll tell stuff. you what, this is an argument for the minimum, uh, uh, the, the minimum age of drinking uh, act that, uh, that if you were to lower it back to 18, it would be medically irresponsible. Alcohol consumption can interfere with the development of the young adult's brain, uh, brain's frontal lobes, essential for functioning with such emotional regulation, planning and organization. When alcohol consumption interferes with this early adult brain development, the potential for chronic problems such as greater vulnerability to addiction, dangerous risk-taking behavior, reduced decision-making ability, memory loss, depression, violence, and suicide is greater. That would be one argument for keeping it at 21 because through your teens, although it is later in the process, you are still developing. Right. And many would many would uh, say that that's true. Um, someone in the chat just said, Excuse me, just throughout here, we have another case of the government parenting kids instead of parents parenting kids. Let me say something as a parent who's raised three kids. One's the, now my youngest is 17, my oldest is 24. Here's what I learned through that whole process. Uh, as much as I'm, a, I am a big fan of proactively parenting your children and not letting the state be your nanny. So I'm totally, totally down with that. However, it's nice to have some demarcation. And what I mean by that is if there is a rule or a general, uh, even if it's just a recommendation, in these cases we're talking about rules, but if there's a rule that says you can't drive till you're 16, you can't drink till you're 21, and you can't vote till you're 18, especially in the two that aren't voting, uh, I, have, I, I have some target zones to aim for when I'm doing my parenting. So we have societally, hopefully thoughtfully thought through and well-legislated ideas, I mean, some of this depends on how much you trust in that system, but just bear with me for a second, that say it's better if my kid can't drink legally until they're 21. It at least gives me a place to go, see that marker there? That's that's the age. And if you want to be a law-abiding kid, then you probably don't want to do this before then. And when you get there, well, you know, you can make your own decisions because you're an adult. But in other words, I have like a marker. I like having a marker. A societal marker is helpful, one that we've generally agreed upon. Now, you can argue about moving it and all that, and I don't think there's a problem with that. But as a parent, it's helpful to know that you have societal, quote-unquote, norms, for lack of a better term, that I can point to and go, that's your goal, or that's your thing to avoid, or this is how long this is. Whether you know it or not, your ability to parent is sometimes better suited or better equipped by working with the village to do it. And the village, in yeah. this case, is some general rules society has established. All right. Here, you, you want an argument for lowering it back to 18? Uh, do it. Wait, what now? Say that? I mean, you cut out for... Uh, this is an argument for lowering Oh, yeah, back. let's hear that. I want to hear the argument for taking it lower. All this right. is good. 
So this whole thing was partly caused by drunk driving accidents and deaths by by drunk kids, right? So how about this one? There have been fewer drunk driving accidents and fatalities in many countries with a minimum law, a minimum drinking age law of 18. Although the United States increased it to 21 in 1984, its rate of traffic accidents and fatalities in the 1980s decreased less than uh, less than that of European countries where legal drinking ages were lower than 21. Wow. So in general, a lot of this stuff is going down anyway, but there doesn't seem to be a tremendous amount of correlation between a higher uh, drinking age limit and a, uh, a greater de a decrease in auto fatality. You know what's nice is having other countries and other uh, places be guinea pigs for this sort of thing. Gotcha. Not that it would change us or, or make us move our data around or anything, because we're sometimes stubborn about that sort of thing. But when another country says, yeah, 14 cool. And then they have a relatively nice little uh, period of 20 years, let's say, where they can say, look, it, crime didn't increase. It didn't go down. It just sort of stayed the same. We didn't have an increase in driving accidents or drunk driving incidents. So f I guess thanks Zimbabwe or whoever did it. Because we don't have to now, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't know. It's yeah. it's kind of nice that they're willing to take the bullet on that stuff. Well, uh, but but how about this? So let's say tomorrow, all of a sudden, we have self-driving cars. All right. And now nobody is driving, or uh, you know, Uber is so it becomes so cheap tomorrow that it just doesn't make sense to ever buy a car because what you would spend in uh, uh, money to 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 do that is now far lower to just get yourself driven around anywhere you would want to go via Uber. Would we change these laws? Probably not. Probably not. Despite the fact that they brought that they went up because driving uh, was the thing. In fact, and this is a uh, numbers that I didn't pull. Kids don't want to drive these days. Mm -hmm. A lot of kids, people are getting their driver's license later and later and later because driving isn't what it once was. You would rather get Ubered from one place to another. If you're a kid, than if you uh, you know had the, the the need to that freedom equals a car, which even my generation very much had. Yeah. Now that that's a little bit of a different story. My kid, my seventeen year old, uh, the tradition was when I was a kid, and even even more recent sort of generations who were sixteen, uh, that was your rite of passage. It was the awesome thing to do, and you couldn't wait to do it. And the minute you could do it, you did it. And his, him and many of his friends, and I'm, you know, I know this is an isolated experience in terms of, I'm not going to speak for every teenager in the country. Obviously, they're going to be different ones. My oldest daughter loved driving, couldn't wait. Uh, on the opposite end, though, Nick just doesn't care. It's not like a peer pressure for thing for him. He doesn't feel pressure yeah. to do it. He'll take an Uber. He'll take a Lyft. He'll take the train. He'll go on dates where those are the modes of transportation. Like, he doesn't feel this weird pressure to to have the car, to afford the gas, to pay the insurance, like all that stuff seems dumb to him in a way that is kind of dumb in light of what the world's shaping itself into being. And when we get to automated driving, that's even going to be more that way. So not to offshoot this into, into that territory, but I think it goes to your point that even when we see changes and genuine innovation in societal norms, people still grip real tight to hanging on to whatever that thing may be, whether it's legalized marijuana, because we know so much more about what pot actually is now and how slow it is for some states and some individuals and some federal organizations to accept the fact that perhaps that whole thing's changing. Uh, it goes all the way back to prohibition or goes all the way forward to what we're going to all think about, whatever, like, you know, the, how the internet works now, for example, in a world of broadband is anything we said in 1996 even apply anymore. Like we're slow to let that stuff 
eke in and make sense. I don't know why we do that. And I say we, I'm sure there's this sort of thing all over the world, but I, it's one of my least favorite things about governance. I hate it. All right, what do you want, for or against? Um, I want people who are for... For, I want four, even, right. even though I don't think I want that. Four, yeah. four lowering it back to 18. Well, I'm for not doing that. All right, then then you're going to go against lowering it back to 18. Okay, all right. I was thinking devil's yeah. advocate here, but I won't. So how about this? I labeled these weird. That's my bet. Uh, lowering the drinking age to uh, mirror European drinking age limits should not happen because the rate of drinking among U.S. teenagers is lower than most European countries. U.S. teenagers also show equal or lower rates of intoxication and binge drinking than do adolescents in most European countries. And most European countries report higher rates of intoxication and binge drinking for youth under 13. Way to go, Europe, dude. Look at them over so there. That, the that's party. another argument is that when you bring it when you bring the it's not necessarily even just bringing that line closer to uh, uh you know down to 18 it's just that 18 year olds hang out with 15 year olds <laughs> so where it's like 21 year olds can hang out with 18 year olds it's like okay well at the very least if they're the if if that's the social circle it's less likely that a 20 year a 21 year old is hanging out all the time with a 15 year old and so there is a bleed through because of how, uh, you know, socialization uh, uh, through growing up is that you are, if you bring it down to 18, you are now saying, all right, high schoolers, uh, who's uh, leaving right from class to go to the bar? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, people like to do this on this show when we start talking about stuff that they have gained a stereotype over time that the state I live in has super weird uh, connections to, for example. Like uh, when you guys shot that guy to death? Uh, yeah, like that. Yeah. For capital punishment. Um, but On, like uh, to, to celebrate the debut of Toy Story three. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Never forget everybody. Never forget. So <laughs> uh, no, like for people like Rainbow Bride says Utah has very unique uh, or has very or no who said it? Sorry, I, uh, Amish Overlord says Utah. That's ironic. Uh, has weird drinking laws. Not really. Go to Pennsylvania. You want to see a weird drinking law? Speaking of the Amish. Wait, wait, um, hold on. Wait a minute. No, that's there's definitely weirder drinking. They're a little weird, but they're not that weird. Look, if you come to Utah and you want to go get drunk tomorrow night, you can go do it, man. There's nothing holding what? you back. Zip, not a zilch. You can go. Well, used no, to yeah, yeah. I mean, no one's saying that that's the case. It's not like like you're 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 barred from doing it. But Utah has different bottling laws. If you can only make alcohol uh, up to a certain uh, a percentage, right? Uh, that I don't know. I mean, you can go to the state liquor store and buy whatever you want, branded everything at whatever. No, I know, I know, I know, but I think that they have to bottle it with a lower alcohol content, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to. Uh, I'm also, not sure about I think that. that there was a, at least at a certain point when I was there, uh, or somebody was telling me that there was like a private club thing that like things are regulated differently. Where if you're going into a place, you need to like pay a cover that that like through the, the the way that the modern society works is basically you getting like a one day access into a private club that can serve. Yeah, they don't, that's gone now. That used to be a thing. Yes. Uh, it used to be so like if you had a ran a bar or whatever at the end of their commercials, they would always say, you know, down at the thing, we got so-and-so performing and don't forget Wednesdays are movie night. Blah, blah, blah. And then the, at the very end, they'd have to say uh, so-and-so bar, uh, private club. 
They'd have to say that. So that was number one. You had to advertise yourself as a private club. Then when you went there, you would have to... This is why it was so stupid and why it's not a, the law anymore. But you used to go to the bar, you'd come to the front of the thing, and you'd say, hi, I'm just trying to get in. They may ID you to see if you're 21. And if they do, then they say, do you want to be part of our club? You say yes, and you go in. There was no paying for anything. There was no anything. You oh, just okay. had to say you were part of a, this club, which is so dumb that I was shocked it even existed. This still exists in parts of the country. We don't do that anymore. So you want to go to a bar, you want to drink like crazy, you can do it. I don't know about the actual bar regulations, but I think liquor stores are just straight up. Current Utah law sets a limit of 3.2% alcohol by weight, 4% by volume in beer sold at grocery and convenience stores and at establishments operating under a beer-only type license, such as taverns, beer bars, and some restaurants. A beer over 3.2% by weight is available at state liquor stores and package agencies and at clubs and restaurants licensed to sell liquor. So mm. basically, they just put higher than 3.2% alcohol. You can only buy that at places that also have a hard liquor license, not just beer. So oh, it is lighter mm. uh, on the alcohol percentage if it is just a beer place yeah but that private club thing ended in 2009 i just looked that up while we were in here anyway my oh. point is not to defend why their liquor so laws sassy about it no, no i'm not sassy so i'm not that's my it. whole point let me explain this yesterday let me explain this this isn't me being sassy my point is uh the reason i'm for them not lowering the age yeah is a couple of things the stuff i said earlier about scientific stuff i think is important all right uh i also think 21 is plenty and I also think that uh, moving it to 18 doesn't really move the dial. It doesn't really do anything. Like, what is actually the point of moving it to 18? I know that when you're 18, you think two, three years is the longest possible amount of time you can imagine yeah. in your life. It's just not, dude. So why go through the paperwork? Why spend my tax money to change it? 21's fine. Mm -hmm. And it's a national, uh, it's I a federal regulation. It's not even a state one. So just keep it there. Who cares? I mean, it's also because you... Uh, with that point of view, believe in the dissolution or the, the dissolution of the rule of law in America. You want to promote anarchy <laughs> yeah. because here's another argument for lowering it back to 16 or uh, sorry, to 18 high Nike noncompliance with this law promotes general disrespect and noncompliance with other areas of United States law. The fact that there is a 21 uh, age limit, an age drinking limit that so many people flout and is kind of even a, a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, ha ha. This is a thing that we all, a law we've all broken in life, encourages young adults to acquire and use false identification documents to procure alcohol in an era of national security concerns, including terrorism, illegal immigration and other threats. It'd be better to have fewer fake IDs in circulation and more respect. For the law, Scott. How do, Sorry, how I'm do a they... law and order voter. <laughs> I don't like this anarchy that you kids are trying to peddle. How how do they have any idea that that false IDs go up or down if they don't have data to support that? Because they haven't gone down. So how do they know? Like when was the when was the last time that uh, was it eighty six? You said was when everyone had to comply and whatever states weren't in line. Yeah. Do they have some data from those states that say that there were? a way worse case once they change the fake IDs versus before that? Like, I don't know. I know 15-year-olds that are doing fake IDs. I know people that are telling their uncle to bring the beer to the party. Like, that's going to happen no matter what. And even though I'm not really a that's going to happen no matter what kind of guy, I kind of hate that argument. I'm going to use it here because 
It's just not going to it's not going to move the needle. If it was going to move the needle or if you give me an argument that shows it would, then OK, great. Whatever. Lower it. I don't care. So wait. So wait. So you're you're saying you're saying here. I'm hearing you right. That it's not a common thing that people totally flout this uh, law, this 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 drink minimum drinking. Age. I know that people do. I'm saying moving it from 21 to 18 isn't going to. You're saying that people handing back, you know, uh, 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 let's say theoretically, I'm just going to totally make up a random story that is no bearing. But let's say when somebody turned 21, that they gave their brother their driver's license because they looked enough alike as brothers that uh, uh, his younger brother would be allowed to get into bars. Uh, that, that is that is a, a a willful flouting of these laws. I have uh, this person I agree. effectively uh, uh, just otherwise law abiding citizen uh, uh, just totally trampled over over our, our idea uh, ID laws. Is, is this a uh, minimum drinking age worth the, that chip in the wall of, of, of a rule of law in America, Scott? <laughs> My point is, you just said it yourself. They're doing that now. So 18-year-olds are getting fake IDs, using their brother's ID, whatever all those scenarios are. They're doing it now at 18. You lower the drinking age to 18. They stop doing it. Now their new job is to create ideas, IDs for their 16-year-old friends who now want to get in and have an easier chance because they look closer to 18 than they did 21. You've just shifted it down a, a couple of years to the to other kids who are ready to go. So I don't think it changes anything. All, all this does is make it quicker for you to to do it. Now, if you're saying, well, everybody should just get to drink whenever they want to, and we should just have zero laws, and let's just whoa, be whoa, 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 whoa! I'm not, I'm not, I'm not letting you slip and slide down this slope that fast. Uh, uh-uh. uh, no, no, no. <laughs> there right. is a difference. There is a difference in terms of what kids of certain ages like to do. An 18-year-old is more likely to want to go do things that involve drinking than a 16-year-old might. Not to say that, not, that, that there are no 16-year-olds that don't want to go do that or don't want or aren't in social circles that might draw them to that. But on in general, 16-year-olds are different than 18-year-olds, and 18-year-olds are different than 21-year-olds. But 20, but 18-year-olds are far closer to 21-year-olds uh, societally than 16-year-olds are. Mm. Not to mention that there's disposable income uh, for for a lot of uh, uh, 18-year-olds that doesn't necessarily exist for you know, 16 and 15-year-olds. I agree with that. That that third argument's a good one. Um, yes, that puts them in a different demographic, no question. Okay, so the other two, not for, so much. You're, you're just Scott Johnson, F the police. Uh, you're playing body count. <laughs> Coming straight uh, from the other ground. Double middle finger. Screw you, pigs. No. That's what you're saying. No, here's the thing. I, I mean, I don't drink. I didn't drink when I was a teenager. I didn't drink when I was 21. I don't drink now. The only alcoholic yeah. drink I ever had in my life was in Mexico at a, at a, on a vacation where I thought I was getting a virgin thing and I didn't. You, so, got, you got, you got slipped a Mickey. I got slipped a Mickey by the dude there who still got a tip and I didn't even feel anything because it's so much sugar and like cream. The thing wasn't even really an alcoholic drink really at the end of the day, uh, the yeah. way the, you know, wasn't, this was not hard liquor. So, so my point is I'm, I'm a bad a uh, person to ask because there's two things going on. One, I could give two shits about drinking. I have no interest yeah. in it. I don't care about it. I don't preach against it. I don't care what other people do. I have zero desire to drink myself. It's just not interesting to me. Not a substance guy. So it's just not yeah. my thing. Uh, secondly, the reason that I'm, uh, it, it would also kind of throw people to know 
that I am way pro individual freedoms. That includes being able to make choices about your life, like if you want to drink or not. Society has decided we should have a demarcation point. Right now it's 21. Sometimes it was 18. Some parts of the world it's lower. Some parts it's higher. But wherever that is, that's the law. And now that it's there, I don't understand why you'd want to move it. That's all. It's just there. It is. It's doing what it's supposed to do. And saying, well, if it was 18, I just don't think moves the needle enough. Maybe a little, like you said, uh, demographics about economic uh, ability to spend money, disposable income and all that. That plays a factor. But I don't think it plays that big a factor. It's a tiny, well, uh, tiny little smidge. Scott, you're right. Because the American public overwhelmingly supports the drinking age of 21. A 2007 uh, Gallup poll, two years from Utah repealing the ridiculous private club law. Uh, a a 20, uh, 2007 Gallup poll found that 77% of Americans would oppose a federal law that lowers the drinking age in all states back to 18. Numerous state and national surveys dating back from the 1970s when states raised the, uh, the age through the present have shown overwhelming public support for the drinking age being... 21 mm, so i'm i'm what you're saying is i'm just a face in a crowd of average is what you're saying that's what you're getting to uh, well no you're, you're i'm saying that that you your point was that everybody has made a a decision and i'm saying that you are right the numbers back you up that overwhelmingly when asked about it people do not believe it should be dropped back to 18 yeah you know who thinks they should drop it 18 year olds that's who Nobody else cares. Seriously, who else cares? An 18-year-old cares because he's like, oh, I wish I could drink this weekend or maybe legally or not feel like I'm going to get in trouble. They're the ones. Nobody else is going, oh, you know, I'm 52. I'm late for the office. But damn it, if I couldn't just get out of my mind this thought of these poor 18-year-olds that can't drink yet. They don't care. No. Number one, I care. Here's why I care. <laughs> because the kids that want are dreaming about being able to drink are drinking anyway. That's because here's an argument for lowering it back. This is an ineffective law. The majority of teens continue to consume alcohol. According to the National Center on Addiction and Substance Abuse, underage drinking accounts for 17.5%, a.k.a. $22.5 billion worth of consumer spending for alcohol in the United States. In 2006, 72.2% of 12th graders reported drinking alcohol at some point in their lives. So let me ask you, Scott. Got. Yeah. While you're while you're marching around, giving the middle finger to your local policeman. Is this what you want? You want these kids to be drinking in back alleys doing uh, Lord knows what Lord knows where would you rather them be able to be in a facility where there are trained sober professionals who recognize when they are being overserved and can eject them for behavior that they would otherwise be deemed inappropriate. But there is no, no governor if they're doing it out in a field somewhere mm. i don't know that's actually a decent it's actually a decent question sure i admit like everyone knows i'm i'm pro pot never smoked it myself I have zero idea what what that stuff does to me but uh me either but i but here's the thing like if y'all want to do it i don't see I, I have no idea why that stuff's still demonized we'll do a whole episode probably on pot all right fine you convince me i'll smoke pot but the point is that i i so i'm not i don't want to come across as like keep it at 21 our children will you know i i don't i'm not that guy you do what you got to do. Do it when you want to do it. And look, if everybody overwhelmingly was like, we're lowering it to 14, it makes sense. Now is the time. I'd go, all right, well, the consensus seems to be this. I live in a land of laws. I will now adhere to this one. Okay. 
that's fine. But right now, I just you, there's zero evidence that I can see and that you've presented that says anything lower than 21 makes any sense. Just leave it there. Well, except for all the statistics that I just told you. But you guys can weigh <laughs> in now. Uh, 801-285-9395. Again, that is 801-285-9395. Five. Uh, that is where you can uh, call in and get your opinion in on this. If you are outside of the United States, maybe you, you uh, uh, many times we do episodes about U.S. law. There are many scancy pants emails and phone calls from people outside of our borders uh, 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 looking down on us. This is the time to call in. If you're for keeping it 21, let's uh, let's hear you. If you are 18 and currently drinking, please call in and let us know that that's what you're doing. Right now, I'm almost positive that's not illegal. Yep, 801-285-9395. We have our first caller on the line now. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is uh, Jeannie. Well, hello, Jeannie. It's good to have you here. How are you? Hello. Good, how are you? Good. What's up? Um, I I just wanted to call and kind of just basically add to the discussion. I grew up in suburban Detroit. Um, the drinking age in Windsor, Canada is 19. The um, drinking age in Michigan is obviously 21. Mm-hmm. So Friday and Saturday nights, the bridge and the tr- tunnel to Canada are packed with 19 and 20-year-olds every weekend. Mm. Is that still <laughs> true today? Like if you went out there today this weekend, we'd, oh, see, yeah. we'd see that? Okay. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Interesting. I mean, so yeah, the kids find it, a way, it, it, right? It's like me getting, uh, when I was growing up, it was fireworks. I needed to, I had to go up to Wyoming to get my fireworks fixed because we live in a, a desert hot state that in the summer starts a bunch of fires. We have fireworks. We have laws that say you can't have these kind of fireworks. <laughs> and so I would be like, F that. I want my M80s and my bottle rockets. I'd have to go up to Wyoming, get illicit fireworks and bring them back into my home state in order to to fire them off. So I totally get this happening. But do you think that changing the, the limit down to something like 18 would curb the, the, the underground tunnel drink fest on weekends. Oh, absolutely. People would just stay, stay here. They wouldn't have to go through customs. <laughs> oh yeah. They have to go through customs for this. Don't they? I didn't think of that. Not yes, to mention increasing American jobs, Scott. That's <laughs> uh, a fine, fine point. Thank you for the call, Gene. Economic indicator. This uh, is an instant job creator. I see. I see where you're going. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is uh, Molly. Um, I just want to throw in here that whenever this discussion kind of comes up, I don't care if it gets changed or not. I'm not supporting either side, but... I always think it's interesting that people say, well, I can do this responsible adult thing or I can do that responsible adult thing, but I can't drink Mm. as if like drinking is something that shows you're responsible. (laughs) Right. Right, right, right. No, it's a good, you can be a responsible drinker. This is a good point. I like this. Hold on a second. I want to, I want to dwell on this for a second. You can be a responsible drinker, but there's nothing about drinking that says, Oh my gosh, did you see him drinking? We should put him in charge of our project at NASA. Get him down to Houston ASAP. Like, there's nothing about this that you'd put on your resume. I'm one hell of a drinker. Oh, a responsible adult. Hire that guy. Do you see what I'm seeing, oh, saying, Justin? Uh, number one, as somebody who used to be entertainment for sales conferences, let me just tell you that if you're if you want to go into a field of sales, 
being a responsible drinker is probably <laughs> something that will help your career versus hurt it. I, well, okay, I get that. But uh, what I mean is it isn't a thing you're touting to get you where you want to go. No, it might just be a side effect. Happens. This is what happens with vice laws, right? Because every, it's easy to make fun of. It's hard to get behind because nobody wants to be the I want to see teenagers get drunk person. Right, right. right. But it is a freedom. It's a freedom we deny when we offer other freedoms that I think require so much more mental cognition. So if we're so worried about the frontal lobes of of our, our, our teenagers here in America that we dare not let them have a Coors Light with their friends, uh, we, we, we care so much about them that we'll send them to Fallujah to get shot in the head. <laughs> well, maybe the ones that are going to go to I Fallujah. Would, I, would, I would hazard a guess. I'm no medical doctor, but I think getting shot in the head by an enemy combatant probably would do more permanent damage to your frontal lobes than tasting the Rockies uh, uh, for the first time. Okay. Before I accept or welcome this caller on the line, I d I'll just say this. Maybe the answer to that is a slight tweak. If you enlist in the army and you're you're 18, you automatically, as part of your little card you get, your military card, means you can drink. Let them do both. If you're going to go put yourself on the line like that, yep, I think, I you should also, also drink. There's like laws inside the military. I'm sure, I'm sure soldiers will be emailing or calling in. That's probably true. Way. Anyway, hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, it's Ian. I am sci-fi. Hey, man, what's up? Not much. Uh, first off, 100% on a bullet to the head doing more lasting damage than a Coors Light, especially since Coors Light is mostly water. Yeah, that's true. That stuff's no good. Especially in Utah. 3.2%. Yeah. That'll barely, that's barely a fart. You're just trying to rile me up about my home state, which I have a lot of pride in. I know what this is. I can smell it a mile away. All right. Sorry. Ian, go ahead. All right. So when I turned 18, uh, my, my dad took me to a bar. Uh, we were going to a New York Rangers game, and uh, we went to a bar that, uh, that no longer exists. This is not the reason why it doesn't exist, because they, they, they tore the entire building down, but that's beside the point. Uh, but uh, we, we, he took me to a bar. He sat me down with a pitcher of Sam Adams and said, you're 18, you're a man now. And we split the pitcher of beer, and then we went to the Ranger game. Mm. You know, at the time, you know, the, the legal drinking age was 21. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, to my dad, so much. it didn't matter. explains so much anymore. about the manners of Rangers fans, by right. the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. But that's okay. Point well taken. Go Rangers. Point well taken. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's interesting. So, wait. So, uh, can I, I want to get in your head at the time. Sure. You knew that you were getting it early, right? Oh, yeah. You no, did, absolutely. Did it just feel like, oh, this is a rad bonding moment with me and my dad, and I love this, and it's so cool that he would, he would accept me into this uh, big boys club for just this, for this day. Did you feel like that, A, and B, did you, or did you go out of that going, all right, now I'm going to drink underage every day. I can't wait to get sauced every weekend. Like, I don't think that probably happened, did it? No, it didn't. And, and, and honestly, I think it all depends on what your parenting is like going up to it. Like whether or not your, your parent drives into you that, no, I never want you touching what, alcohol. Like, oh, no, did, did you drink a Bud Light with your friends this weekend? By God. You know, versus, uh, you know, understanding that most teenagers are probably going to do it anyway. Yeah. And uh, I know that, you know, my dad was pretty cool with it as long as I, you know, let him know ahead of time and, I know that my uncle uh, and, and his and his kids, like as long as they were drinking in the house with them there, they were okay with it. 
Yeah. Uh, it, it it totally depends on on you know how it's driven into you as a kid. Like that, that you know, was my. You're gonna want to rebel. That was my main mode. Uh, uh, thanks for the call. My main mode as a parent was uh, demystify, kick the demon out, and no more taboos. Like just the stuff's on the table. Like if you you come home and you smell like pot, you don't go. Why do you smell like pot? You say, whoa, where'd you go? And they go, well, it's over at what's-his-name's house. Someone, like, smoking pot over there? Because, dude, you reek. Like, this is an actual conversation I have with my daughter. And she yeah. says, oh, that's what's-his-name. He does smoke pot. And the other guy had cloves there, and it's super gross. That's why we left, Dad. Can we play video games? Yeah, okay, no problem. Like, that's how you're supposed to do it. The other way is the minute you put a demon in it, they want to see the demon. They want to get in there and go, ooh, I want to feel the demon's the demons uh, uh, smoke around me and feel that demon. What, what is that? That is me? Oh, it's somebody listening to us. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Yeah. Hi, this is Rain from Montana. Hello. Man, can I just say, I know that this, I don't mean this to sound sexist today. I am yeah. so happy to have so many female callers today. I'd love I this. We got to talk about booze more often. Yeah. They drive the ladies wild. <laughs> I love it, though. Really, seriously, the perspectives are just better because we're all dopey-eyed idiots, and I love it. So anyway, sorry, go ahead. What's your thinking today? Well, so I'm 20, and I live in Montana. Um, I got engaged when I was 18, and my fiancé is in his 30s. And, like, when we went, when we'd go out and stuff, he'd always get a beer. And I always got a Shirley Temple to, like, extra make fun of myself for being underage. (laughs) (laughs) It just, like, blows my mind that I could make a decision to get married at 18, which is so much, like, bigger than having a beer. (laughs) But I can't have a beer with my fiancé. Well, (laughs) the thinking is, and and I understand, I totally get where you're coming from. I think the thinking is that while there's plenty of you in that situation where who cares about a little drink marriage is the big deal or whatever big life thing they're doing is that they are the establishment is worried that they're a bunch of kids or once they get a taste of it then they're going to go down a dark path of just wanting it all the time they're all secret uh alcoholics and who knows at that age maybe that's when you become one if you're not careful blah, 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 blah. Yeah, lots of boogeyman it. i agree and you want to know what we should push that drinking age up we should in fact we should get rid of it we should uh the, the temperance movement we need to make sure that this demon alcohol no longer bedevils the sweet lady liberty uh i mean come on what line do we cross here again this lady is 20 years old and and, and uh, she has to go and clown herself getting a, a, a Shirley Temple mm-hmm. when, when she's uh, you know getting married to somebody. That's ridiculous. It is. Uh, sure. So your answer is get rid of it entirely. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is Don Oak Dragon on the uh, on the chat. Oh, hey, Oak Dragon. I drew a picture uh, of a of an oak based dragon for you today on the stream. That was fun. I saw that. I yeah. saw that. Thank you. That was a good time. Anyway, anyway uh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, the first thing was about. The fact that I think it's a good thing that all the states are the same. Uh, back in 76, I was uh, on a school trip to the East Coast for the bicentennial. And uh, in New York City, the drinking age was 18. And a lot of the seniors ended up heading out that night and got into a fight, drunk fight, because they had not, uh, <clears throat> you know, it, it's not something they had prepared for, you yeah. know, of drinking would you, where, would you uh, so, hold on, Oak Dragon? Where 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 uh, where are you living? Yeah, where are you at now? I'm in Cal. I'm in California, Santa Cruz. Okay. Here, here's a thought. So it, it was, 
Mm-hmm. They had, uh, uh, I mean, all right. And, and without getting too specific here, but were those kids assholes? Like, I mean, like, like who goes across the country to meet you? Most Just likely, tell me whether or not likely. those kids were assholes. It they sounds sound like, like they might have been. Yeah, they might have been a little bit, right? And that's the problem. You don't uh, know I, which ones are. Most of them are. Lots of them are. Some of them are. I don't know how many are. How many are there? I'm saying, why do we need to yeah. judge everybody by these assholes that went out and got into a fight immediately? Yeah, well, why do you have to judge anybody? It for- was America's birthday. Have some respect, kids. Well, here's the here's the other thing I'd say about what you said early on, which is it's good that every state has the you know that we've all sort of had statewide agreement or somewhat mandated federal agreement that 21's the age. It's like currency. It's like back in the day when South Carolina had their own money, and and if you had to go over to Indiana to spend some money in Indiana, they they didn't much like the look of your currency, and it didn't match theirs, so they'd. They would severely discount the value of your currency, and you'd have to belly up more to pay for goods in Indiana. And it created this just ridiculous kind of thing. I like standardization. I think generally speaking, generally, you can apply a lot of this sort of stuff countrywide. And then there's stuff that only works on a state-by-state basis. But I'm always happy when there's one that seems to make the most sense across the board. Give me one good date uh, age range. Give me 21 and go and smear it across the country in a thick yeah. lather of butter and you're good. That's and my you take. you should be able to buy a beer with an appropriate alcohol percentage at every state's uh, grocery store, right? Uh, Not some arbitrary 3.2% <laughs> Well, anybody who really knows how to drink, they're not getting at grocery stores anyway. That's weird. Uh, hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Oh, wait, hold on. Now this is William in Oregon. Uh, sorry, wait. Justin's mad at me for skipping over that. Say that again. <laughs> what? I, I, I just love that experienced drinker Scott Johnson finally has made his way to the, to the program. <laughs> anyway, real drinkers know you don't buy it at the yeah. grocery store. You go to the state liquor store next to the homeless shelter. That's where you get your... <laughs> exactly. Uh, and what if you also want Q-tips? Anyway. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right. Caller, what, what's going on? Yeah, what's up? Uh, this is William in Oregon. Hey, man. And um, I don't know if it's already been covered. Um, I came into this a little bit late. But my question was, uh, psychologically, you said the prefrontal, cort- uh, prefrontal lobes were potentially damaged by drinking early. Mm. I'm curious, I mean, for what? the last several centuries, we've had this belief that the brain declines. But, you know, after 30, you lose brain cells and, well, you're screwed. And within the last 10, 15 years, that's been proven incorrect. Mm-hmm. So is, is it actually that the prefrontal lobes and the decision-making execu- executive functions are significant? significantly impaired or well, it's a it's a great is it training sure sure it's a it's an awesome question and good call i would i would say that uh justin what you were referring to and what i'm referring to in terms of modern science is relatively new science and and they are showing correlations between not just alcohol but other substances and their effect on adolescent brains um one study in particular which i wish i could link people to was an Adderall thing that my sister sent me um, talking about why kids behave very differently on Adderall than adults do. Uh, so clearly there's some difference between the way their brains are developed. And if they're on a lot of Adderall up to a certain point, they've sort of permanently 
push their their development in a certain direction potentially not everybody yeah. but yeah um i mean that's just that's the whole point is this stuff in you know neither of justin and i are experts in this field obviously but yeah. uh you know that that seems to reason that, that that the science is starting to support the idea that maybe you ought not be you know down on a fifth of gin when you're when you're twelve. <laughs> sure, I, mean, I think uh, ultimately a lot of this kind of stuff is more uh, common, uh, a better safe than sorry kind of medical knowledge that uh, the uh, you know, like, like you said past thirty we start losing brain cells, but it's not that that necessarily is a hard and fast rule for everybody, right? That is a general grouping that we generally have an understanding of. Everybody develops differently. And the general idea is that your, your frontal lobes are still developing through your teens. Right. Or can be. And so that's why if we're setting a one size fits all law, you, and, and we're talking about something as precious as the brains of the future of our great country, then we want to be better safe than sorry. I agree. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Now, the the best part about this topic is we don't have to be done talking about it. We can take it offline and maybe even take it into a bonus Patreon episode. If you'll but just send your emails and your thoughts and your comments in. Some of you send these via uh, tweets, and that's fine. Yeah, Justin R. Young and Scott Johnson on Twitter. Uh, if we like what we see, we'll forward that to ourselves and kind of hang on to that or forward it to our email. Uh, if you want to do the email, that's great. If you're on the Frog Pants site and you're like, I'm just going to click this contact thing, that's okay too. I forward those all on. So we get them all, keep them short, keep them concise. Don't talk about multiple shows. Just do the one you're interested in or multiples, one email per show, and uh, we'll dig through them and get them right here on the show. So that, again, is unfriendmeshow at gmail.com. That's unfriendmeshow at gmail.com. Uh, Justin, anything else we want to talk about? Mitch, I guess we got to see what we're doing next week. What are we doing? Yeah, you want? I got, I got one I want to pitch to you since we kind of uh, touched on this a little bit during the episode. All right. What do you say? Next episode, helicopter parenting. Oh, is that wait? That's just another way of saying abortion, though, right? That's the just. No, an, that's oh. the opposite. That's oh. when that's when you that's when you fail to abort and <laughs> you now have a kid that you're caring too much about. <laughs> Uh, yes, I like the topic of helicopter parenting, and I have a little bit of a cheat. My sister is somewhat of an expert in this in her psychological field, and uh, I'm going to get some notes from her uh, because uh, it's a big of interest to her. She thinks that it's a real problem in society today, and I think I agree uh, for lots of reasons. So we will bring those reasons to bear or reasons to believe we're wrong uh, right here on the show. Helicopter parenting. That's not yes. just some lady getting you know breastfeeding her kid while doing a tour of the Hawaiian Islands in a helicopter. We're not saying that. Not no, that kinda... that's awesome. That's awesome parenting. <laughs> yeah, that's great parenting. This is helicopter parenting. If you don't know what that is, Google it. We'll talk about it next week. That's a great topic. Uh, and you can find uh, archives of the show and all that stuff over at uh, frogpants.com. And, 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 and since I got a topic yeah. where I was an expert in drinking underage, it's time that you got a topic that you were an expert in since you are a parent and I am not. Yes, although I did not helicopter, but we'll get into that in detail next week that doesn't mean i'm against it necessarily it just means i have some thoughts so that'll mm -hmm. give you a little bit of teaser for next week uh justin r young on twitter scott johnson on twitter uh frogpants.com slash unfriend me show unfriend me show or no slash unfriend me unfriend me show at gmail.com is our email address 
Uh, Justin, anything else you want to yep. pimp? Yeah, political push? newsletter, tinyletter.com slash Justin Robert Young. Again, tinyletter.com slash Justin Robert Young. Oh, that's fantastic. If you want to. Oh, yeah. And I got a Kickstarter coming out. I'm making playing cards. That's right. Woo! Uh, the artist in me is ready to go and do a thing I've been wanting to do since I was eight years old. Kickstarter's being finalized. The video's done. Uh, the Half the content is even already created. <clears throat> it's just a matter of getting it up there. So if you want to see what that's all about, uh, keep an eye on frogpants.com. We will be blurting that out very soon. And, of course, all the other places we talk on social media. That's going to do it for me. That's going to do it for Justin. And that will do it for you. Until next week, we'll see you next time. See ya, unfriends. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>